Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is episode 11 of the Share Prosperity Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ford, joined as always by the magnificent Melody Dakin. What's up? Um, this is our first episode of the new year, 2022. Uh, new year, new transitions, uh, new guests. Uh, same exciting show, though. Um, and today, kick us off. First episode of the new year. Um, great topic, great guests. We got Derek Miller and Ramil Washburn from the Fatherhood Network of Kalamazoo. Um, awesome organization and effort. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, give a little quick background, and then we'll hop right into it. Yeah, name Derek Miller. Um, been working with the Fatherhood Network since its inception, like back in 2015. Um, it's been cool just to see this thing go from an idea to, you know, program helping folks and actually uh, being able to make some stuff happen. So, yeah, Derek Miller, I got um, two kids, two boys. They both run me like all over the house, zero <laughs> energy on the daily. So I got to rely on coffee now. I never drank coffee before. What? Like, <laughs> really? Uh, never. Okay, so now now we officially cool because coffee is my thing. Look, I drink it all the time. So yeah, it was different. Happen. Like I woke up early by choice right. before kids, mm -hmm. but now you know it just wrecks me. Yeah, I can't do it. So I had to I had to switch over to that coffee. Right, <laughs> right. Well, unlike a lot of parents whose children make them pull their hair out. Derek has had that is it's had an opposite effect. He got a lion's mane. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's again, yeah, strong hairline. I'm thinning with my hairline, so I see that like, whoa, your kids doing something for him. Hey. <laughs> I mean, if they I would be okay if they would chill. Yeah. You know, if that means that hair slow down in growth, I'm all right with that. I got enough. Got it, got it, got it. Well, great to see you, brother. Um, and we got Ramil Washburn in the house as well. Yes, yes. My name is Ramil Washburn, um, born and raised Kalamazoo. Um, also a part of the of the Fatherhood Network. Been running with the crew since about 2016, 2016 around that time. Um, it's been, man, a crazy journey. Like D said earlier, um, to see this go from an idea um, to what it has manifested to today is crazy um, and, and a blessing, you know what I mean? And um, I'm also a father of two, um, two girls, one five, one to be three on the 7th of February. Um, and yeah, just, just here to represent, talk about fatherhood. Um, I'm also the uh, executive director of e-commerce for the Fatherhood Network. Um, and we can get into that a little later. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Thank you all, first and foremost. And we'd be remiss if we didn't send a shout out to other two important members. Um, Kevin Lavender, founder of Fatherhood Network. Um, I think sure. he's at work now in Grand Rapids. Yes. So yeah. mm -hmm. um, that brother always uh, working, hustling, doesn't let any grass grow under his feet. So shout out to Kevin Lavender. And Jacob Penny Johnson, another uh, important pillar in this uh, work and in this organization. Now, speaking of fatherhood, Jacob was supposed to be in the studio with us today, 
but his two children, one daughter, one um, son, I think their schools closed and he had to like get them and keep them at home. And so speaking of fatherhood, Jacob holding it down in a real way. And we tried to get him virtually FYI and technology thwarted us. So we were unfortunately unable to get Jacob uh, here virtually. Um, he always adds richness to conversations in any space he's in. So um, he got a lot of stuff going on. So we definitely going to have him on the show in another capacity. Um, I can assure you of that. But shout out to Jacob Penny Johnson and Kevin Lavender. And, yeah, we just we just keep it moving. So a couple things off the bat. Like, what is the Fatherhood Network? Um, why is it important right now for our community? And how did it originate? I know you all have said how long you've been involved, and it's it's been a minute. So, like, yeah, what is it? Like, why is it important, and, and how did it originate? Okay. Um, I'll try to answer that the best I can. Uh, Fatherhood Network, we are a program. We are trying to support uh, fathers and strengthen families through that support. So we try to um, provide that uh, community connection, community resources to fathers within the area of Kalamazoo. Um, that can be just one-on-one support that can be group support like uh, dad cafes. Um, actually, the first dad cafe of this year is going to be on the 27th at the Douglas Community Center. We just allow dads to come out to um, really support each other. We go through 24-7 dad curriculum. We have just straight conversations from the heart and really try to be that support for each other because a lot of dads are out here. They don't know that there is a support available to them. So they're out here on the island, and, you know, none of this should be done on the island. They say that uh, to raise a kid, it takes a village. But, I mean, you got a lot of folks out here like, where's my village at? Right. Mm -hmm. So the Fatherhood Network, we're trying to be that village or at least uh, have, like, a, a starting point for people to find that. Um, how it originated, uh, I can say that for myself, for Kevin, for uh, Ramil, like everyone in the Fatherhood Network, we were all going through our uh, own thing as fathers, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, you know, just speaking from my story, uh, it really started off, you know, um, was having my first son, you know. And he born, he had some complications and everything. He was in NICU for a month and a half. Um, What's NICU? Uh, NICU is the neonatal intensive care unit. Yeah. So when a uh, baby is born too early or they have some type of complications, they have to go into NICU. And that's okay. where they will be to get um, some specialized services, whether that be... Um, being hooked up to a machine, um, like my son, he uh, he couldn't regulate his blood sugar. Mm -hmm. He couldn't regulate his own heat, and he had um, some jaundice. So he had to stay in there, you know, billy blanket inside the isolate and everything, and uh, had to do that for a good month and a half. Um, 
And during that time, you know, I'm seeing all these people and resources and stuff go to my wife, which is awesome. I'm right. glad that they were there. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sitting in the corner. I'm looking over my shoulders. And I'm like, dang, you know, right. none of that's coming over here. What's yeah. up with that? And um, at the same time, um, Kevin was going through some of his own stuff. And uh, he had approached uh, Healthy Babies, Healthy Start. Mm -hmm. um, Tara Batista, their supervisor, and was talking about where are the, the fatherhood programs out here. Right. So through that partnership, um, was able to host, uh, was able to host some focus groups all around Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. Talk to fathers. What do you need? What do you want? What kind of things are you looking for? Uh, what would actually be a solution instead of us just trying to throw something out there of what we think it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think hosted uh, a good four focus groups on all sides of town, held those for a few months, and then, you know, took that data, wrote up a grant, and got uh, approved through United Way. And uh, that created the Four Dad Fatherhood program with the county. Mm -hmm. And that that's the program that I work with. Okay. So I work, my day job is Four Dad Fatherhood program. Okay, tell us a little bit about that and what that entails. So with that, it has a focus on uh, children zero to two years old. Mm -hmm. And I also work with those fathers. So the fatherhood no, the fatherhood program Fatherhood Network, rather, has no cap as far as um, how old the child is. Okay. For Dad has that focus on that zero to two because it's more focused on infant mortality mm. and trying mm -hmm. to prevent that, you know. So I do a lot of education uh, county-wise. Mm -hmm. But then um, with Fatherhood Network, I'm able to partner with these brothers and really uh, get involved with community. Mm-hmm. So after all of that, you know, still partnering with them all these years, and then Fatherhood Network is like, hey, let's step up, like, into the mainstream. And that's when uh, last year um, was able to get funded through Striker Johnson. Okay. And that's oh, where nice. all these other programs and stuff is going. Mm -hmm. So now Fatherhood Network is hitting the ground running. Okay. Nice. Sweet. Was that your first support with um, Stricker Johnson? First grant? Uh, yep. Great. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I hope I answered the question. <clears throat> I started rambling. No, no. It's not. I don't think, I don't even think it's any, you can ramble on this. Yeah, on this you show. can totally ramble. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, We're no, not going to stop you. <laughs> good. Safe space now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the um you had mentioned the four dads curriculum. Mm -hmm. So is that something that Father Network created, or was that something that was uh, gathered from other resources out there? Um, the curriculum is the twenty four seven dad curriculum. Okay. So that's uh that's an evidence based curriculum. That's something that's uh, nationwide. Is that from a uh, National Fatherhood Initiative? Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Okay. So um, I use that a lot. Uh, especially with one-on-one -on -one with dads. It can be used in group uh, settings. But um, what we found, especially working with Fatherhood Network, uh, 
you can have, you know, that curriculum, mm -hmm. but that informal setting, that's, that's where you really are able to help somebody where it's not just I'm up there talking or something. It's I'm holding a conversation with this man mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. front of me. And sometimes you might not get through your lesson and that's okay. Right. Cause what's important is you just help this person, mm -hmm. you know, building relationships. Yes. Trust exactly. feeling heard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what you need sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I'm curious about uh, the, sorry, Kevin. Oh, no problem. We, you talked about, this is like through the National Fatherhood Initiative. Is there like another city that you kind of took this template off? Or are there other fatherhood networks around here? Uh, Anything no. like it? There are no other fatherhood networks, really. Um, not in the county. Not in the county. Yeah. Uh, the fatherhood network, really, there are spaces that are asking how we uh, were able to build the fatherhood network. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, a bunch of dads that came together and they were, were willing to do this stuff, volunteering the, and helping uh, the community for free. We were doing the fatherhood network for free for years. Yeah. Facts. And it's just, you know, a group of guys that are doing it consistently. Anybody can make a, a fatherhood network, I guess. But, you know, a bunch of brothers like us, you know, we taking it to the next level. Mm -hmm. so yeah. To speak. Yeah. And I have I have been involved in some early interactions with them. I remember mm -hmm. we used to have like the barbershop talks, those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at that time, like they said, it was kind of just it was it was hella informal. And um, to Melody's question, I don't think anything like this exists in Kalamazoo County. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, statewide, I kind of checked into it before this episode um, to see if there's any statewide like fatherhood initiatives on the east side of the state in Detroit. They have some things um, nationally. There are a lot of things. So mm -hmm. like Ohio has a commission on fatherhood. Uh, Washington, the state of Washington has an interagency fatherhood council. Like Derek said, the National Fatherhood Initiative um, has curriculum and resources around fatherhood engagement. Um, at the federal level, there is the, the National Responsible Fatherhood Clearinghouse that's part of the Office of Family Assistance. Mm -hmm. And they have resources for uh, fathers, practitioners, and, and different types of programs. Okay, sweet. Yeah, so it's a couple, speaking of of fathers, it's a couple questions I have to get out there. Um, and just in case listeners are wondering too. So for those that don't know, the, the guys we got in studio um, are, are black guys. Um, Jacob, Kevin, black as well. So a question that may come up is fatherhood network only centered on black fathers or is this is it open to all fathers it's open to all fathers i mean it's not black fatherhood network you know what i mean yeah um we just happen to be melanated <laughs> right um <laughs> nothing uh, wrong with that by right. the way <laughs> facts uh 
the the fathers and everything that I work with is actually a good 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, we're going to work with anybody who needs that help. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, to piggyback off of what D said, yeah, we're the the network itself is to is focused on fathers in general, no matter their background or you know where they may live or where they're from. So it is to benefit all all dads and their families. Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. And then the other thing I was thinking about in terms of so one thing we we always talking about on the show is systems. And how a lot of what our guests talk about are nested within larger systems. So it's no secret um, our society tends to center upon maleness um, with the the plethora of things that have been happening in our society uh, in recent years. Has Fatherhood Network faced any challenges or had to navigate any challenges regarding it focusing on males only um there there have been some conversations i wouldn't say it's like a outright challenge mm-hmm. but um we've had people approach us uh especially uh single mothers yeah asking about um wanting to attend these different meetings wanting to come through and um sit in and do this stuff and that's cool but like uh, let's say, for example, the the dad cafes. Mm-hmm. That space was created for dads to be able to come and have that safe conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not to say that people coming in would ruin that. Yeah. But when uh, not not everyone's gonna be feel comfortable. Got it. With uh, you know, a mom coming through and sitting in with that. Now mm-hmm. we uh we do we have talked about creating other spaces right for um single mothers or what have you to come through and we have these conversations about fatherhood and about family. Mm-hmm. But we try to um honor the spaces that we created. Okay. Yeah, I think to uh to add along with that um I think as long as there's something that is specifically being done to target fathers, there should be something done specifically to uplift fathers. Mm-hmm. So like Dee was saying, um, keeping that space sacred for dads to be able to come and express amongst other men mm-hmm. um, in general, because some men aren't fathers. Some men just, you know, just want to come around and be around that energy. Right. Um, but making sure that we come up with ways to create a separate space where it can be, um, a male, female, um, discussion round table, what have you, however you want to describe it, but not to strip away that privilege of a male father's only area to come and communicate and, um, and build with, um, with one another. Okay. I, okay. That's, that's great explanations. And it makes me think of another question kind of connected to that. So in terms of fatherhood, like the perception of it, um, is connection to maleness, um, health, family health, et cetera. Like, are there any, or how has 
like current attitudes and beliefs um, advancing or hindering the efforts of Fatherhood Network to achieve its mission in terms of like perceptions of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Like changing over time, is that what you mean? Um, well, that's a different question too. Okay. But that's, I'm gonna ask that, I'm gonna ask that one next. But like, I yeah, like right, so for instance, um, there was a time where fatherhood or the perception of it, you know, and for some, like the reality, like it meant, oh yeah, I gotta go hard on, if I got a son, you know, I can't hug him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and can't let him cry. Yeah, yeah, you know, just um that type of like obsolete thinking I mm-hmm. would I would frame as, you know, like you know, our, their current attitudes, beliefs, um, again, advancing or hindering, you know, in terms of how mm-hmm. people enter those spaces. Um I think I've only encountered those attitudes mostly in a a Mm one-on-one setting with dads um and the way i handle that or speak with those dads is um i really talk about how they grew up yeah and then have them think about how that affected them Mm -hmm. and i try to identify or help them identify these patterns that get set up and i mean um you know when when it comes to families, you know, people will take trauma and turn it into a tradition. Yeah. You know? So it's like, uh, there, there was this one guy, I'm not going to say his name, but, um, in his family, they would always do like a trust fall. Mm-hmm. The father would tell the the son, all right, fall back in my hands. Yeah. And would just let him pop right. to the ground. And then, like stand over them and be like, no one owes you anything. Don't trust anyone in this world. Yeah. And I mean, there's, I can see what they're trying to say. Right. As far as, you know, try to be independent, try to do your own thing and everything, but. Don't ever fall back on anybody. Right. That you're on your own. Right. Don't you're, trust you're anybody. Building, you're building the foundation of somebody that's never going, literally never going to trust anybody. So then he, that boy becomes a man mm-hmm. and let's say he's got a partner and asking why, why are you so cold? Yeah. Why don't you show any emotion? Why don't you, you know, let me into this space? He's been told for 20 years. Right. Don't. Yeah. That doesn't just fall down just because somebody wants in. Yeah. You know, and that stuff just gets perpetuated as we go through. Um, I always say that when you don't know what to do, you return to what you know, mm-hmm. even if you had a bad example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts. So yeah. if if you were only shown that trauma as a kid, yeah. unless you dig deep and heal that, you're going to perpetuate it. At right. least in the experience that I have seen. Mm-hmm. I think to to build off of that, um, I I always I, I have a a, a smaller uh, caseload in comparison to Derek because he's been doing this um, professionally for years now, um, and I see that um, I have these conversations as it relates to mental health 
And by the way, Jacob is our mental health uh, expert mm-hmm. uh, amongst the Fatherhood Network. Um, and one of the things that um, I like to talk about or, or to draw a parallel to how important mental health is, um, be it one-on-one with a, a, a particular person who was on the caseload or just in general, just the guy that I'm talking to in general, um, is relating mental health to actual wounds. Um, so when we speak of trauma, uh, mental trauma or something that has impacted somebody mentally, um, I think the the words in which that describes how a person has received that trauma is, I think people don't respond to it the way that they should. So I say, um, think of mental health as a actual physical wound mm-hmm. or, or an infection. Mm-hmm. If you have a physical infection, you do nothing about it. It gets worse. Yeah. So just like mental health, if you've been affected by something traumatically, emotionally, um, something that, that scars you, um, a, a scar that you can't see, but you can feel, mm-hmm. um, it is it is important to, to, to actually, you know, go to therapy or get the help that's actually needed to heal that wound. Because just as Dee said earlier, you know, perpetuating, um, and that's probably uh, one of the um, biggest things that can hinder uh, someone's childhood experience, maybe without even knowing, just learning something that um, that doesn't necessarily work in your favor. Um, it actually works against you, but you may not understand until you get older. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Deep stuff. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just want to add a little nugget on to that. Um, when when I meet with fathers, we try to always um, have them think about what something will become, because you get stuck thinking about child, but this child is going to be a man, a woman someone's mom, someone's dad, someone's partner. So what is cute now, it's not cute once they reach a certain age. Once they cross, once they hit puberty. Right. It's, it's, like that. it's a different <laughs> game. Like that one. It's a different game yeah. completely. The stuff that a kid will get away with will get you in jail. Yeah. So you have to build that foundation early. And you have to stay consistent on that. And it's you really have to think with the end in mind. Yes, the end in mind. And and um I'm thankful for that event. We were able to put on the King Richard showing mm-hmm. uh viewing in uh November, was it? Was it in November? Yep. The movie? Uh yeah. the, the King Richard movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We hosted okay. the event um for fathers. And and family mm-hmm. come through, check out the movie for free. Everything was paid for. Just show up, um, I- including concessions. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, alluding to what Dee said earlier, as far as having the end in mind, that the father Richard um, had, you know, he had a plan for his daughters from mm-hmm. start to finish. And yeah. I think that the the implications of that are very powerful and not talked about enough. Right. Um, and one of the things I like to say in our dad cafes is 
you know, because we we have these uh um these introductory uh conversations just kind of see how everybody is um uh mentally mm-hmm. physically emotionally just kind of do a, a check-in typically um and one of the things i like to talk about is uh the important or my definition of fatherhood is to prepare your children to not need you anymore mm. because there's going to be a day where they don't have you so mm-hmm. you just need to prepare them for that yeah mm-hmm. yeah speaking of that in terms of the the movie i didn't see the film Mm-hmm. But interested to know if, because he said he had a he had a plan, and he executed. Um, did they did the film get into any dynamics of of his father, and like how he kind of yeah. made that de- mm-hmm. decision and commitment? Was that learned or was that something where it was, he was trying to like break the chain or something? Break the chain. It, ah. was, it, it was a self-talk. He talks about um, there's a couple of scenes where he's in the van with his girls and he talks about how he grew up with his dad and his dad never protected him. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke of an incident, I think at a store. Um, he went to he went to pay for something in the store. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said at that time, I think this was Jim Crow era, and he said that uh, he wasn't supposed to touch the guy's hand when uh, giving him mm-hmm. the money or the payment or whatever. So he accidentally touched the guy's hand. And um, I think the 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 worker or people who were there sort were started beating up on Richard. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he spoke of how when he looked up to look for his dad, he was running away. Mm. So he so he said that in the in the um, almost in the uh, the light of because I didn't have a dad to protect me, mm-hmm. I want to be the best protector for y'all. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, it it made me think because and, and we we gonna have to go back to like the beginning or anything, but it just. It, just hearing that makes me think about Richard's father's connection to his father. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and then all the stuff that Derek said is like, it's just little pieces of thread that get put on, you know, like the family quilt, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. And it, mm-hmm. it's like little things that you, again, as a child, you may not think of in, in totality. Sometimes you may feel a certain way. Um, you may actually know if something is wrong, like if it's abuse taking place. But like Derek said, over time, it's kind of normalized no matter mm-hmm. the situation. And, mm-hmm. and nobody, as a father of four, I'm telling you, it don't matter how many kids, nobody gets a manual. Even if you have, <laughs> the, if, if you have a second one, it's like, dude, you starting from scratch. like every time you start from scratch because this is a different person and it's just it's just not a one-size-fits-all and it's not it's not a manual like the the best we can do is what what you all have been describing like come together have real conversations support you know um let go of the egos. I know you all have mentioned that, but I think about that in terms of like the larger 
societal system and mm-hmm. how how males are socialized mm-hmm. and like the ego of well I am the father of this child like you can't tell my kid what to do as mm-hmm. opposed to like it takes a village like they might not listen to me all the time you know I got homies they like we you know when my homies come around they may listen to them mm-hmm. as long as we got that connection and their relationship you know I could be vulnerable and they can help me out, mm-hmm. you know, right. and vice versa. So, yeah, just listening to everything you all said, it just it's a it's a rush of thoughts that come in. Um, and one of them, in terms of like change over time, if you ever notice, like what important elements regarding fatherhood have changed over time. I know we touched on some of them, like for a lot of individuals the generation of their father's generation, it was like, oh, well, you don't hug your son, you make him soft, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, what other important elements of fatherhood have changed over time to to where we at now? Um, I would say uh, looking at provider, mm-hmm. you know, past is just, you know, money. Yeah. As long as you bring in that money. Right. Good, that's all you need to do. But um, the thing that's changing about that is, yeah, you know, you can bring in money, but being a provider is more than a financial thing. You mm-hmm. need to provide um, emotional support for your kids. You need to provide uh, that comfort, that safe space. Mm-hmm. Like um, even returning to the idea of uh, you got a, a son, so you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But then I bring up the idea is like, okay, if you have a boy and a girl, they both same age. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're three years old. They fall down, they skin their knee. Baby girl, oh, that's okay. Yeah. It'll be all right. Right. Go ahead and let it out. Baby boy, get up. Suck yeah. it up. Suck, Suck it, it up. up. You're all right. Walk it off. Yeah. And it's, like I said before, um, when you teach a boy that, when it comes to being an adult, they've held in all of this stuff. Right. And whether that be, uh, that leads to the health problems. Yeah. Like you've held in all these emotions, that stress stays in your body, your cortisol levels skyrocket, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, messed up your heart. Yeah. Like it, that's why men on average die 10 years sooner yeah. than women. Oh, I was just talking to my wife about this. Yeah. She thought she was laughing at me and I was dead serious. Like, I'm going to probably die before you. Like, statistically, that's the thing. So yeah. we should, we should, you know, get some things in order or whatever. But <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm not wishing for that to happen, but I'm like, statistically, that's a thing. Looking at the, mm. da- the data. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and she was like, well, why? This is a tangent, I think, yeah. at this point. But she was like, why do you think that is? I'm like, I don't know. Well, that was one of the things I mentioned, like Mm -hmm. the socialization overall is like, ah, we keeping stuff in. I talked to her about uh, women and and how women, like, they get together and just, you know, talk, be vulnerable, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think about the times I've been in spaces where it's been uh what four maybe five males and it's a different it's a different 
it's a different space, man. And it's it's been it, that's just been my experience and observation. But yeah, it's just a different space, and it's not it's not always conducive of like you said, lowering the cortisol, you know, and letting stuff out and, you know, being healthy and whatnot. So yeah. it's just, um, yeah, yeah, thinking about that is, is got my head spinning. Yeah. There's layers to this. Mm-hmm. You know? So many layers. Yeah, It made me think a lot about, like, my position working with business owners. Just in the last year, I've worked with several dads, black dads who have kids and they bring their kids to everything they bring, which is cool to see. They're like teaching their kids to be entrepreneurs. And it's, they're, they're like, this is, this is for you. This business is for you. I know one business owner that we interviewed, Roosevelt, like he's building this shoe business for his son. His son's three, Mm. brings him to everything. Mm -hmm. He's helping packaging. He's helping take the shoes off and help refurnishing cleans uh like old air jordans and stuff and he's just bringing them and having be a part of it and i also see um how it's also a barrier so women Mm. like women-owned businesses because i mean every time i zoom with women they always have kids in the background so it's just that barrier of like not having the space all the time Mm. to do that Mm -hmm. um yeah I thought that's about something else uh, Derek said in terms of like the differences between um, having boys, having girls. We have, for the for the most part, we would talk about like sons, but like those same the behaviors are applicable if you have girls. Like I got three girls, so the same behaviors are applicable. So like you said, same age, same incident of like scraping their knee but the differences Mm -hmm. in reaction and how um for for girls that will grow up to be um adult women like how that influences because we've been talking about fathers Mm -hmm. so it's specific father and child but it extends to um adult relationships too so the mm-hmm. impact of a father on a child is going to impact their relationships in part with adults, with yeah. other adults, um, whether intimate or not. And then like the father, the the adult relationship between the mother as well. So like you said, it's layers. And I'm thinking about that in my own experiences and what I've seen in others. And like as you say, yeah, it's layers. And it's so much uh, work um, in addition to just the work of, of life yeah. but that's just it's just so much work to kind of peel back some of those things and how many of us myself included I've done this I'm working on myself as as we speak but how I've kind of taken the lazy route uh, and it's like ah, I don't want to do that work and <laughs> it has resulted in some fractured relationships to say the least. Um, but yeah, I think about that and you know, like you say it's layers and not doing the work is not going to get us to where we want to, to where we want to be. Yeah. And when, when I'm having these conversations with folks, like when I got my own layers yeah, and everything, but um, it definitely is going to take time to, 
even work out where that thread came from. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you might only see the fruit of the thing. But uh, going back to where exactly that seed got planted, that's the hard part. I actually like to call those the the landmines, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that's buried, but you don't see it. Yeah. But then somebody come by, they push that right button. They step on it. And it's like, it's it's a whole thing. You don't know why. You don't know why you had that reaction. Mm -hmm. But, um, and this goes back, this was a documentary, um, Biology of of Stress, Science of Hope. Mm -hmm. They said inside that uh, movie, um, the mind may forget, but the body remembers. Mm. So whenever a trauma happens, it, it plants that seed, it plants that landmine. And if you don't heal it, it just stays buried. But when somebody triggers it, you respond as if the traumatic event that planted it is happening right now in front of you. Right. So. Like fight or flight, your reptilian brain. Right. Jump straight into it. Wow. So it could have been a small thing. Someone accidentally bumped you. Yeah. But then you blow up. You're ready to end someone's life. Mm. that's when those five second decisions lead to you sitting down for a few years yeah or longer Mm. or longer Mm -hmm. so it's we we got to um we have to do a lot of introspection Mm -hmm. and digging through that stuff and sometimes you don't know it's there until you blow up but you have to be willing to look at yourself in the midst of blow up why am I having this reaction? Really think back. Why am I responding this way to this? Because if if you uh, give yourself some time to calm down, surely you can see, okay, this did not re- warrant my reaction. So I need to go back. I need to figure out where this is coming from. Because uh, what, what happens if uh, your kid triggers you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to you know? be violent. It, it yeah, could be out. anybody. Yeah. You can't control who's mm-hmm. going to trigger you. But what you can do is figure out how to remove the trigger. Yeah. But that takes work. It does. Yeah, a lot. Man, I think just speaking on that that subject, as far as like understanding those landlines, as Dee alluded to earlier, um, one of the things that I find that work with me um is that I like to sit in silence. I, I've, I'm starting to notice, well, I've kind of noticed, I mean, years ago, but I'm really starting to see the significance of silence being the mirror. Mm. So like your your mind or your, your consciousness bringing up things that are, um, that things that you need to work on or, or things that are, uh, that are in your way. Um, and and just identifying it and then moving forward with it you know what i mean just uh coming up with a way a plan um you know maybe sitting down talking with with folks focus groups or whatever um and figuring out the best strategy uh to move around that and heal move forward even like the way that the our society is set up with just technology Mm -hmm. we're just always numb and there's always uh, like substances, <laughs> I mean, just like coffee or mm-hmm. an energy drink 
and then all the way up to drugs or something. But hey, we'll uh, we will we will refrain from from bad mouth and coffee on this show. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put that out there. Trigger Things choice. that make you have an effect have an effect on your your yourself, your brain and. Uh, it's so easy to have those things now. You can get access to them anywhere, and mm. you just numb out and forget about them. I'm, I mean, I've I have my own experience with those. Um, like sugar's one of mine. But yeah, it's just it's so easy to just numb and keep surviving every day instead of like thriving. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. deep work is so hard to do. It's mm-hmm. so yep. hard to do. Pushing yourself to do it. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, especially when others around you are not doing it. Right. Oh, or man. you don't get the support or like it's distractions. It's so many it's it's so many distractions. And like Ramel yeah. said, it's it's only one of you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and I've 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 come to a realization recently that like that's that's the fight, that's the war, that's the, the competition. Like me. Like looking at me, you know, because I can't I can't really compare myself to others right you always like come up short and you know like you said there's so much i haven't even scratched the surface on probably some of the things that's that that have planted those landmine seeds so it's like yeah that introspection and um just just getting into yourself uh, the most recent book i finished can't hurt me by david goggins uh, great book, mm. by the way. But he he was one of the main themes from that book and his his life's work was like pushing himself and and the the idea of pushing yourself, like we only scratching the surface of our human potential, mm. right? Mm. You think about and he's an ultra marathoner, right? So most of us, I mean, I haven't the most I ran is a five k, right? If you tell me I got to run a marathon. I'd be like, oh, right. <laughs> Make that same sound. <laughs> yeah, but it's but <clears throat> he's he's done like ultra marathons, and again, one of the main themes. There's many of them, but m- one of the main themes from that book is like to continually push yourself beyond the limits. Continually push yourself beyond what one society has told you because it's a black dude david goggins and he had some experiences with racism but that was again one of the things like society is telling him something society is 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 putting down something that he's supposed to pick up Mm -hmm. and think of himself Mm -hmm. and he was like nah so one you know pushing yourself beyond what society tells you you can't or should be whatever and then pushing yourself beyond what you thought because he he talks about self-talk as well and that and self-doubt and like Mm -hmm. that's something that he's 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 wrestled with but many people had that had those demons right where Mm -hmm. it's like oh man uh yeah i could probably do that but uh, you know and he was like pushing yourself Pushing constantly, pushing yourself beyond those things, um, and yeah, hearing you all speak, I'm thinking about like it's just it's so many distractions. 
sometimes it's just easier you know because it's yeah it's hard work and it's a hard pill to swallow too especially if it's like okay you could be the problem you know and like making excuses for that so Mm -hmm. it's like ah that's just it's just hard it's just hard you'd be like Mm -hmm. ah yeah I'd rather chill out, watch Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Any day. Any day. And just like you, even I'm noticing in my work too, like trying to do the work-life balance, like it's so easy to make an appointment with somebody else. Mm, But like when, like, oh yeah, Kevin, get coffee with Kevin. Like get coffee with Derek. But when you want to make an appointment with yourself, you, you think that you should do like, oh, that's easy. I can... I should want to do that and prioritize that, but we don't just because we're always like giving outward, mm-hmm. giving Man. outward. Yeah. Well put now. Yeah. And we, I mean, for me, I'd rather like, I'd rather sweep the kitchen floor than sit in silence. Like it's mm. so hard. And I know when I do, it's so great. Like I know that I need it. It's the medicine that I need, but yeah, Man. it's All like right. exercising. Like, yeah. you don't want to do it, but then it's like, after you do it, it's like, oh, silence? yeah. Silence? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Man. Sit me in some silence, and I'll get some clarity. See some stuff that I don't want to see, and see some stuff that I never thought I would ever see that I, you know, that isn't un- unlayering for me, mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the scary part of it. Because <laughs> it's like, once once you're just stuck there with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Ah. I think it's almost the same dynamic of, you know, being in the bathroom. It's just that you so when you're when you're in a restroom, you know, you handling your business, but there's also um these things that are happening mentally, like you're sitting, you're planning, you're thinking, you're strategizing. You know what I mean? Oh I think that might I, be just you because most people are on the phone. Oh, oh no, I was just <laughs> you, know? you know what? That's a great segue. I was just about to clarify when you said sit in silence, like clarify and um you know, correct me if I'm wrong, like intentional silence. Like, in t- like, um, so me personally, like sitting in silence, you don't necessarily have to be sitting down, mm-hmm. but you there isn't anything happening. You're not on your phone. Yeah, it's an intentionality. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, could, I could be, like Derek said, I could be silent as whatever, like just scrolling, <laughs> yeah, just right, scrolling. Right. And it's, it's just so many, mm-hmm. you know. I think I think anything. anything I think I would categorize it as anything that allows your brain or mind mm-hmm. uh, to not I don't want to say not work, but not to not be used to to work in a different way. To, it kind of reminds me of mindfulness. Rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So so be, so giving your brain the 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 option to rest. Like yeah. It just just mm-hmm. the ability to. Um, not being used for a little bit. It's yeah. just the kind of process. And there's a self-talk that go with, goes with that too. Like your your brain's like, don't do this. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, right. It's not going to mm-hmm. be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it relates a lot to me for like digestion too. And you think about, okay, we obviously what you eat is how you, you know, d- goes to how you feel after. Mm-hmm. And when you're scrolling, like, what are you digesting when you're mm-hmm. scrolling? Yeah. And how is that being digested like energetically? I know it's like getting a little deeper, but it's the same thing. Conceptually, yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. What, when you're scrolling through all those things, you may not see 
or like think about everything, but you're subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. It's yeah. at work. It's right. at work. Yeah. And I wanna and I wanna piggyback off what Mel was saying. I think that what what she just described, I think that gives parents reason to be a little bit more stricter on their parent on their children's social media. Mm-hmm. To be a little bit more present in that area because like she's saying, they could be scrolling and their so like their conscious mind may ignore it. You know, there's a scrolling or whatever, they just kind of see something out, whatever, but their subconscious picks it up. Oh yeah. And because you don't have control over your subconscious, it does what it wants with it. Right. And I think that it, it, it's important to just, and I, it, this may be a bit of a tangent, like you said earlier, but I think that um, that it's a, 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 some sort of a um, emerging crisis right. in, in anyone's community. Yeah. Um, just having that control, or not necessarily having the control, but just being more in control of what, is in front of your children's eyes. I know I am as far as like when my girls are watching TV shows, I like to screen movies and screen TV shows to, to make sure that this isn't, because some, sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, and even if I'm, let's say I'm quite certain, maybe not 100% certain, maybe quite certain about a specific series or a specific movie um, that I feel that is uh, safe to, for them to consume, you know, I'll occasionally come upstairs to their room and just kind of sit down and watch and just, you know, just like kind of double checking. But I think it's parents should be more intentional mm-hmm. about things like that. And then that way children don't come up with these ideas that nobody can figure out where they came from. Right. Well, at least a minimum be aware. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not uh, completely hands on. I know my 13 year old daughter uh, is a is a is a new part of the new emerging class where it's, they got three hands like her phone is her third appendage mm. you know <laughs> it's like we don't we don't see her without it i think she takes she takes showers and don't take the phone in there in the shower but it's in a bathroom with her mm. it's like she's got the phone all the time and it's a when i was her age we had landlines we would talk. She's in junior high. We would talk on the phone on the landline. Mm-hmm. Your parents could pick up in the other room. Exactly. Hey, get off this phone. Yep. <laughs> now she she it's it's literally the same conversations because kids at that age they not really talk about nothing. Yeah, the same conversations, but her and her um, her mother and I can't pick up another phone and be like, "Yo, get off the phone." Yeah, and now she literally texting and talking. At the same time, mm-hmm. so it's just I, I, that that resonates with me so much, and I'm I'm hands off. I'm aware of a little bit because she got the the iPhone with the AirPods, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if folks don't know the AirPods, you can have one in your ear and one to be like charging in the case. Mm-hmm. So. It's been time she leave her case around. I put the other AirPod in, oh. and I'm listening to what she listening to, and I'm like, we don't curse on this show, so I'm not gonna even say what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but to, <laughs> to 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 keep it real, it's like, man, wait a minute. I was aware slightly, but I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, 
Yeah, and it's one. It's it's just one of those moments. It's like the 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 the, the parent perspective. is is it comes full full circle. Like, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you think you know. You're like, oh, I did all these things. I know what they're doing. But then it yeah. sounds like they're surprising your daughter. Surprised you? Well, it's 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 not surprising, but but then like you know it. It's like it, it, you can't unhear it. You don't want to mm-hmm. see it, right? You, you can't unsee it. it, but it's yeah. already it's out there, and so it's like you know you all brought up earlier the and we talked about like how um how things have changed uh, over time in terms of like fatherhood, right? So elements of it. So the the provider, protector. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hear things, I may see things, and now it's it becomes a question of, okay, well, how do I respond? You know, I don't want to go full like, and give me all your devices. You can't move without our permission, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or other extremes like, just nothing. But yeah, where do I find where do I find the balance? The healthy balance to be like, hey, what's um I'm trying to view it more like teachable moments. But yeah. I didn't again, it's no manual and I didn't have this. I know when when I was her age, my mother was, you know, if she'd have found out like oh, half oh, the oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't learn like not to do things. I learned how to do things in a more sneaky fashion mm-hmm. than not to get caught. That's what I learned. We we didn't have, I didn't grow up in a space where we had the the open space and conversations like, oh, okay, I hear what you're listening to. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out ways to, like, to have, bridge that. Yeah, mm-hmm. have that be our household. Like, well, you know what? You know, Ultimately, I can't really hide that from you, and I ain't really tripping. But let's let's talk about that. Like, why why is this interesting to you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather have our household be like that. So I'm just I'm trying to figure it out, man. I think uh, one of the things that I actually picked up from uh, Brother Kev, um, he you know we we have our meetings, and he speaks of having a family meeting with his girls mm-hmm. um, and just communicating um, how their previous week went and how to plan for the, the upcoming week, you know, what, what to prepare for, what does the schedule look like, um, and also how, as a father, can I better support you? What, 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 what do you need more of me to do? Or what... What do I need to work on? What what isn't working? Right, and I think that's something. Even though my children are small, we we, we still have um, the conversations, and I you know I ask them the same questions. You know, we have a little schedule. Some of the things that we go over. Okay, how can Daddy better support you? Um, how can I? Is there something that you don't like that I do? How can I make it better? Things of that nature. So mm-hmm. I think that could be a step in the right direction. That can be a hard conversation too, because mm-hmm. then like your kid could uh, come out and say like, "Hey, this <laughs> thing," and you like, "But I thought that was right. I thought that was our thing." I yeah, and they say like, "Nah, that ain't working." <laughs> yeah, and it's it's something else because you know these kids they just uh just decide they're gonna be their own person, you know, 
Yeah, what's but, up with uh, that? Right. <laughs> they know they know things though. Like yeah, I think about that. They they know more. Mm-hmm. They smarter than you think, mm-hmm. and they know yeah. more than you think. And yeah. that's yeah, that's another element of my my fatherhood journey is like relating to them as a person and yeah. and not like mm-hmm. oh you my child so yeah, you know it's say, it's yeah. a power dynamic certainly i ain't gonna yeah. front about that yeah. it's mm-hmm. definitely a power dynamic but relate to them as people yeah you know and and like getting into the nuance of personality and yeah you know me and you will like more than you think you know and in some ways we different me and my 13 year old are similar and that's i think if I'm being really honest with myself, that's that's been part of like the um the challenge in connecting. Cause I mm-hmm. know how I am and I'm like, yeah, she'd be all right. And she's like, yeah, I ain't talking to him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, and it's like it's it's like mirror images and it's like, mm-hmm. ah, somebody gotta break this. And it, yeah. as an adult, by default, it's it's gotta be me. She can't. Yeah take that on so (laughs) it's just it's just more i think about it and i'm like ah you know what i gotta work through this i gotta work through this i don't care how how much it sucks Mm -hmm. you know and uh like you said earlier the end in mind the end is a a health and healthy functioning relationship with my daughter and she's gonna take that and you know go out into the world you know maybe be the next Serena or whomever but you know whatever stuff we battling in our work in society is like yeah Mm -hmm. the the result will be she she could be one of those people that go out there and knock it down so yeah I gotta keep that in mind that that actually reminds me um y'all heard they say that like um I forget what percentage but most kids that are like five years old and stuff, they operate at like a genius level as far as creativity and everything that they're doing. Mm -hmm. But once they get up, let's say they 10 years old, that drops to maybe a third. Ooh. So what's happening is it's like, um, how can I say it? Society's sucking it out of them. Right. Society's sucking sucking it it out out of them. It's like you're disciplining away their genius. Yeah. So, it's like how how can you parent a child? How can you discipline them without diminishing their light? Mm-hmm. And that is a hard yeah, thing man. to do. Like, um, example, my son, he is extremely smart. He asks questions. I've encouraged him to ask questions and everything, right? But then there's one day he is just letting me have it. questions after question, after question, and it's just endless. And I tried to hit him with because. Yeah. You know that, never that this child of mine, yeah, he looks me dead in the retina, my retinas, my windows to my soul, <laughs> and says, Dad, you can't just because me. I asked why. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. He's a one-trick pony. So I'm like. <laughs> got to step your game up, man. father. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I couldn't even I couldn't even fault him for that. I was like, yes, you did ask why. This is why. But can we put a hold on the questions just for a few minutes here 
so I can recover. Mentally. Yeah. But um, I, I can't get mad at him for doing something that I've taught him to do. I've taught him to be inquisitive. Mm-hmm. So I can't discipline that out of him. Right. I don't want to. And it's crazy, even if you hadn't, I again, thinking about that, that David Goggins book, like mm-hmm. he, he he is pushing you. He is pushing you to, to go beyond your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right? So like you, you know, again, it's a whole a mix of things that make up Derek, but it's like we are human, so we suffer from from self doubt and, and negative talk and whatever. So it may be some limitations you put on yourself. And here is a young person, you know, of how old? He's six now. Six years old. A six year old person only has six years on this earth, and it's like. And that 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 form, like that's the one that's pushing you beyond your boundaries. And it's like, okay, you know, you stretching me out. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> I won't be the same. Tomorrow I may be better mm-hmm. because of a six year old. I got like three times uh, life experience, <laughs> and th- this is the person that's that's making me better, taking me to the next level. It's it's crazy. That's facts, though. I've learned mm-hmm. so much from him. It's crazy. On some random stuff he's talking about. But I, then I'm like, dang. Yeah. You know? And like you said, we are we genius level at five and society beat it out of us. I'd be interested to know, like, that particular uh, statistic. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if you disaggregate that by race, it's probably even crazier. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Like seeing the the six year old or or like my nine year old, it's like oh, they got it. I want to go back and get it, you know. Man. I want to go back and get get what they what they have, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, it's yeah, like you said, it's layers to this. It's it's certainly uh, layers to it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the work y'all are doing. Um, how can folks in the community get plugged in the fatherhood network? Uh, what you can do, you can go uh, to Facebook mm-hmm. or any of our social medias, and that'll uh, keep you up to date on some of our events and everything. You can also email us at info at fatherhoodnetwork.org. Mm-hmm. You can go to our website, thefatherhoodnetwork.org T-H-E? Yep, T-H-E. You know, you know, going for the website names, had to put the the. Okay. You know. Network.org? <laughs> what was that? Yep, dot .org, dot .org. Okay. Or you can call uh, 269-261-0814. Fatherhood Network. I will put that information in the show notes uh, awesome. for listeners and encourage uh, everybody to to plug in. Um, like you said, you heard some of the great stuff that they're doing. If if it's a, an expectant father, like we said, there's no blueprint, it's no manual. I don't care how many kids you got. So if you're an expectant father, if you're already a father, if you're not a father, but you know, um, you know, fathers, or or my understanding, if you you could be a father figure, you know, mm-hmm. that's another level mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so 
um, you know, again, it takes a village. And so this, this is an organization that can help folks, um, you know, build our, build our kids up, build our youth up. You know, like Frederick Douglass said, it's, it's, it's easier to build, build people up strong than to repair broken people. And so everybody as an adult that I know of, they got some type of baggage and trauma and, um, a lot of them got it when they were young. So if we hold the, the ethos and the premise that it takes a village, um, this is an organization that's, that's really living into that. Um, I want to thank Derek Miller, Ramil Washburn. Again, shout out to Jacob Penny Johnson, Kevin Lavender, uh, Fatherhood Network, y'all. So we got some things we do before we close out. One thing is a six-word vision for our community, our model it. A community without racism and poverty. Anybody wanna oh. throw theirs in? Shoot, I can't do nothing on the spot. Really? <laughs> so nah, hard. Yeah. I'm not a freestyler, right? <laughs> 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 not not I'm not a wordsmith. But um, let's see. Six words. Yep. Ugh. Community with equal opportunities can thrive. Okay. Ramel rocking it. World traveling Ramel. <laughs> Where are we going next, Ramel? You know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I know we talked about uh, our trip in July and uh, in Paris and my birthday trip in, was in Portugal. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I'm waiting on uh, the president to lighten up the entry, the re-entry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you. Requirements. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah, that's been tightened down a little bit. So, Oh, what are you all currently reading? Um, Right now, I'm reading a lot of books. Okay. I'm actually. Uh, What's the <laughs> most impactful one so far? Most impactful one. Well, the most recent one I read was um, it's pretty much a leadership mm-hmm. and it's going over all the different styles of leadership and what to do like that. But, What's the name um, of it? Was that? What's the name of it? It's uh, literally just leadership. Really? It's, yeah. Oh. It's like leadership and um, uh, I forget the, the subtitle of it, but it's literally leadership. But I'm reading that for a class. I'm uh, going back to school for master's. Okay. In what? Uh, public administration. There you go. Yeah. And at Western? Uh, nope. This is actually uh, online. It's through Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. They had a little program that popped up, and I was like, look, that's in my budget. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got that's you. That's in my time All frame. Right. Let me. I got you, brother. Well, all right. Well, congratulations on that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, the book I'm currently reading is uh, um, David Walker's Appeal. Oh, yeah. It's an old school book. Yeah, old school book. Yeah. Uh, those articles written after that Nat Turner Rebellion. Mm. So, yeah, I've been kind of, I actually, I just got it. So, okay. Um, yeah, so going through that, checking it out. Nice. All right. Cool beans. Oh, um, next, next one is what did you have for dinner last night? I had Chipotle. Mm. I love Chipotle. Yeah, that's nice. a, a good, good business too. 
me and the boys made a cheese pizza. Oh, nice. nice. No, their side was just cheese because they don't eat nothing else. <laughs> I had uh, my side, you know, the cheese had the peppers and everything on there. So, yeah, that's what we had for dinner last night. Nice. Good deal. Delicious. This one is might be controversial. Cake or pie? See, I need to know <laughs> who made the cake and or pie. Look, see this Derek, this Derek style though. He good, he good dude. He good dude, but he need he need all the information. Right. I need I need that, you know, not everyone's stuff can be trusted. Um right. I'll say I, I have cake more often. All right, well you going with cake. Yeah, That's I'll just answer. go with cake. I'm gonna say I'll, I'll say cake because it's it's kind of easy to mess up pie. I'll say cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good one. All right. What is on your nightstand? Um, a couple of books. I have um some uh, some watches. Uh, old old tickets. I got my daughter's uh, bracelet from this museum I bought in Lisbon. Um, what else do I have? And I think my Roku stick controller. <laughs> I think that's there. I got um a book. It's a uh, the president's devotionals. So it's going over just kind of um. The devotionals that uh, Barack Obama had done, you know, on his daily type deal. That was a gift given to me by my mother-in-law. So, you know, try to do that. Start off the day grounded. Um, Shout out to Dukes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got that. Uh, you know, got um, some smell goods. My brother, he uh, collects all those colognes and everything. So, yeah. He, a man in my heart. I got yeah. it too. <laughs> so I got that on the nightstand. Um, probably some loose change. <laughs> All right. Stuff. Yes. Yeah. All right. Last one. And it, since we were talking about wellness, and I think that was one I was going to ask earlier, but I was like, oh, I'll just wait till the end. So, what do you? What do you both do to show up for this work? I mean, it's hard. This is hard work. You're both. Like we are all going through this work. You're processing this stuff with your own children and trying to pass it on to the next generation, other people. So what do you do so you can stay grounded? I heard you say the devotionals. That's one thing how you start your day off. Sounds like you like to do travel. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, travel (laughs) is my thing to Mm kind of recharge my spiritual battery. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it gives gives me that um, ability to replace that depletion Mm -hmm. um, that can be accumulated doing the work. So Mm -hmm. definitely that. It's deeply personal work. That's what I'm hearing from both of you. It's deeply personal. Definitely is. Um, I know for me, the end of the day, um, because I'm talking with dads and going over a lot of heavy, you know, things, I try to make my afternoons, especially around the time I'm going home really light mm-hmm. so I can um, take that time like Ramil was talking about uh, being in that silence to kind of process things and really 
um, let myself come back down. That way I'm not taking it home. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I get in the doors, the kids want me at 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's they're just not going to allow anything less. So I try to make sure um, I process my day as it's happening or put uh, breaks inside the day where I am processing things down. But um, outside of that, I, I try to go for walks. Mm-hmm. That's that's honestly um, where I feel like I feel most renewed, just walks by myself. And I try to make that, try to keep that time sacred for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that bond with nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel that. Once you walk through that door, you're going to get all those whys from your son. Yes, <laughs> I am. And it's, yeah. I mean, I've gotten a lot better at it. I've gotten a lot better with that. I'm still going with that. He, <laughs> I love him. He gets on my nerves to no end at sometimes, but I, I just work through that too. It's, yeah. There's no getting around that. I think that, um, as like, I kind of have sometimes the same sort of encounter with my daughters, especially the oldest, you know, with the questions and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, one of the things that I do is um, I purposely try to exercise her brain so she'll get tired. So if she's asking me a lot of questions, okay, now we're going to go read a book. So we're going to go over these words. I'm going to have you sound them out. I'm going to need you to work. Mm-hmm. And then it typically, you know, she's like yawning in the middle of the experiment. I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. Now you're feeling <laughs> it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Passing it on. Hey, at right. least you're filling that space with uh, some productive knowledge. Yeah. 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 Yes. And, uh, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to close it up, so go ahead. Oh, I was going to say um, I wanted to uh, really, really give a shout out to the brothers I work with, man, really give them their flowers. They they really do a great job. <laughs> and uh, shout out to y'all for having us on this platform. Yes. Mm. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Both yeah. of you, yeah. Thank you all as well. And then yeah. um, speaking of fathers, I got to say this because it's weighing heavy on my heart. Um, but recently, um, uh, a friend of mine, a brother in the community, uh, was killed. Uh, him and his son, oh, man. and um, I know I know this this brother a long time, uh, Maurice Pearson, and so he's a he's a good dude, and he was he's a he's a family guy, and I want to send condolences to his family, mm-hmm. and um, may uh may uh may may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. But um yeah like I said I we typically don't end on anything heavy anything but like I said that's that's been weighing on my heart since since I found out and um yeah I want to thank you all for for being here and sharing your knowledge and your time and your expertise and um. I hope God continues to bless you all in the work that you're doing for fathers that's going to have like ripple effects in the community. So, yeah, I yeah. I want to thank both of you too. I didn't know a ton about Fatherhood Network. Just I know Jacob and the work that he did, but it's, 
an honor to know both of you that you're doing this work for me and Derek and I want to thank you just for investing your family and your time here in this community Kalamazoo you could choose not to be here you don't have to choose Kalamazoo and you're choosing Kalamazoo like we are so we're in this together thank you both truly appreciate it thank you thank you all right everybody episode 11 Care Prosperity Kalamazoo Podcast. Shut it down. It's a wrap. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye.